What's going on, Spurs fans? This is the Big Fundamental Podcast from Ken's 5, the official TV station of the San Antonio Spurs. And uh, fellas, we got a lot to talk about today. DeJounte Murray heading to the All-Star game. The Spurs making more moves than uh, we've ever seen them make at the trade <laughs> deadline. And moving forward with uh, a, a load of draft picks, uh, a little bit of a new direction. Um, but still doing the same thing, uh, which is competing and, and fighting. So here with me to talk about it, we've got Joe Reinagle, our sports director here at Ken's Five. Joe, how you doing? Doing great, Tom. Good to be back on and uh, talking Spurs. And things are looking a lot better than they did the last time we talked. Well, for sure. And you were you were just out in Southern California for the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you know. You, you, you've been having a good time, and I, I imagine it makes it easier to come back from something that nice to some good basketball. Well, yeah, makes and it's it... good to see those guys playing playing good ball, that's for sure. So it's uh, it's fun, and I, uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. For sure. And also, we've got Jeff Garcia here. Jeff, how you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. Got back from Chicago a couple of days ago. Got to see Spurs at Bulls. That was a fun thing to do. Kudos to the Chicago PR. Put me right on baseline. Loved it. Loved it. None of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Back, no, that, that looked like a lot of fun. You guys, are, you guys are having all the fun. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> hey, listen, I've, I've got something that's going to make you guys jealous. Uh, Uh-oh. You've been watching the Olympics, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, and like me, you love the sport of curling. Uh, and I did some Googling and I found a curling rink not too far from the house. So me and the lady are going on a little curling date tomorrow night. I am very excited nice. about it. Nice. Uh, nice. It's, it's one of those sports that like, you know, I watch it and I always have that irrational confidence. Like, yeah, I know that's hard, but like I played a lot of shuffleboard growing up and I'm not averse <laughs> to walking on ice. So yeah, give me a broom. Let's see how I can do. But guys, we need video, got, Tom. Uh, we need video. Oh, yeah. Oh, it'll be content time for sure. Babe, hold the camera. <laughs> um, but let's talk basketball, guys. DeJounte Murray. Uh, we talked about a lot leading up to the All-Star break here, how he was playing, deserving of being in the All-Star game. Um, and the question was, would he make it given the Spurs record? Uh, and the answer after an injury to Draymond Green was a resounding yes. DeJounte Murray makes his first All-Star game. Um, and it's really a story of continued growth every year. Uh, so I'm curious, Joe, I'll start with you. Uh, where have you seen DeJounte Murray grow the most uh, in the six years he's been here in San Antonio? I think what I've enjoyed watching is his decision making. I mean, the guy just seems to know exactly what he wants to do every time he's on either side of the court, for that matter, but especially offensively. I mean, his decision making, um, you know, whether he's going to drive, shoot, pass the ball, uh, set people up, whatever the case may be, he just seems more confident in doing all of that. And uh, he, he just really – it's amazing to watch a player the caliber of DeJounte Murray, who no one questioned his talent level, um, grow in that next level, which is the mental ability and the, the knowledge of the game and what he's doing without even thinking about it. And f so for me, I think I've really enjoyed seeing that out of DeJounte, and, and it shows on the floor. Yeah, something that Greg Popovich said just the other night was – you know, he's reached that level where you expect him to bring that every night, you know, mm -hmm. and and that consistency is something that a lot of players never reach. Um, and something that I'm interested to get both of your thoughts on, um, and, you know, we'll start with Joe and then get Jeff's thoughts on it. Um, if you look at all of DeJounte's assists this year, you, you could watch all 470 of them or however many he has now. Not a lot of passes that travel more than 10 feet, you know. He's not throwing crazy skip passes. He's not taking risks. He's not, you know, putting too much flash on it. Uh, it's just very simple read and react like you could teach it to a kindergartner. But he's near the top of the league in the assist with it. He's got a ridiculous assist to turnover ratio near four. So 
is there something to the simplicity of his game, Joe? Yeah, I think so. And I think it all goes back to just knowing the game and, and, and being in charge of what he's doing and the confidence level that he has. I just think he has a plan in his mind every time he goes down the floor and I, and he knows what he wants to do. He knows where the players are going to be, how they're going to be set up. And, and uh, there's no guessing out there. You know, he, he knows exactly what he's going to do. He's working the game plan and he's doing it right. And I think, again, it goes back to, to his mindset and the decision-making that he's doing. And um, he, he's just a, he's a master at what he's doing and running this ball club right now. And I, and, and yeah, you look at this kid and he's still, he's still young. And, and I think the growth is still there to come. So there's really no telling how good he can be. But the leap that he has made this year is just phenomenal in my mind. And I'm really happy for him. Jeff, what do you think about his efficiency really doing the simple things? Yeah, I mean, keep it simple. Is that old expression, kiss? Keep it simple, stupid? Yeah. And that's what he's doing. He's keeping it simple. You mentioned the past. Maybe for him, keep it simple, far. smart guy. He's, yeah. he's been pretty smart <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, and he, you overall, you just like to see this development, and it, it was needed out of him. Look, he was a 29th pick. It's a testament to the Spurs' developmental process. If I forget, he spent a good chunk of his rookie and maybe a little bit of his sophomore season on Austin with the G League. You know, you see, we forget that he was he's still part of. That. Yeah, we still forget that he was still part of two thirds of the big three back in their declining area. He got tutoring tutoring from Tony Parker. He played with LaMarcus Aldridge. He dragged LaMarcus Aldridge off the court uh, and waved Popovich to get the H out of here because he wanted to chat with him. You, He, he had the ago. tutelage of, yeah, he had tutelage DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, yeah, he's seen a little bit of the playoffs too. You put this all together, and look what you're seeing now. You've seen it all come together. He's efficient. Popovich raved about his sister turnover ratio. He said it was crazy. Um, overall, this the all-star nod was deserving. Um, good. He got it. Uh, hopefully, it'll pan out for him in the future in the franchise as he become kind of an eye to, of a guy to play with for free agents that are looking at San Antonio possibly. Hey, I want to go play with DeJounte Murray. Um I think all in all, this is good for him, good for the franchise, good to see some San Antonio representation out at the All-Star game. There hasn't been some since uh, LMA. So all in all, good for everybody involved. Yeah, no, and I mean, fans here extremely proud. DeJounte feeling the love from, you know, not just fans, but really across the league because he's earned respect from all of his peers right. pretty much, um, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. even – even if they don't like him, they know he's a problem, right? Uh, so he's he's gotten to that point now. This is and the thing that you love hearing from Dejounte, and we've got you know basically thirty minutes from him uh, answering questions after he was selected to the game on our YouTube channel at Ken's Five. Um, you know, he's saying this is just the beginning. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I want to continue to get better. I want to. Um, you know, continue to inspire my teammates and, you know, grow and, and compete. And, yeah. and that's, that's the well, end goal. Cause yeah. he's, he's a guy he's who loves winning. Inspiring. Yeah. He's already inspiring his teammates. What did Kelton Johnson say after the game versus OKC he said, I'm going to go to the gym because I see how DeJounte Murray has this work ethic. I want to get to that. So he's inspiring yeah. KJ. Uh, all in all, this is such a good thing. The ripple effects from uh, DeJounte Murray's play this season is going to just do wonders for the young kids. Uh, you know, Josh Primo, we've seen him uh, off to the side with DeJounte Murray's arm draped around him, giving him some um, tidbits how to how to approach the game. This is just so good. And by the way, doesn't he always a season? You know, we forgot that we he lost a full season to a knee injury. He did. You know. He's, yeah. You know, well, I'm not so going to hold really it against what, him. I, I think he's, he's I think he's what, made up for it. Four years, I think. I know he's been in the league uh, five years, but he's really been he's been in it for four years. And look at the leap he's made. Well, I, I think they I think they say five years. He's played five years because he suffered the yeah. injury. Uh, I'm gonna just make sure on that. But, um, you know, he and, and I mean a preseason game suffered a season-ending injury. Uh, so yeah, that was his third season. Tore his ACL. Uh, right. At age 22, 
he's played this is his uh he's in the middle of the fifth nba season that he's playing um and you know just from where he was on draft night joining a team that had tim duncan tony parker Kawhi leonard yeah monta ginobili like you know saying i i'll dive on the floor i'll do whatever pop wants me to do to grow to where he's been is pretty incredible um Given that, something that he's said is, you know, I didn't really get the best coaching until pretty late in my development, so I've still got a ways to go. Uh, Jeff, I'll start with you. Where do you see for him as the most, uh, the the biggest area where if he can improve more there, he'll be, yeah. you know, even more dangerous? Yeah, yeah. I think the obvious is that outside shot, the three-point shot needs to get a lot better what it is it's getting there it's it's definitely developing but if he could just you know be a little bit more consistent uh outside the three line just a little inside the three line i think that'll just help his game tremendously i also like to see him to be a little bit more vocal he is vocal but i don't think he's there yet um really would like to see him get on these guys uh during games again i i, I got an up close personal view of him out of chicago and he was vocal, yes, but you know, you know when that when the Spurs were losing their grip on the game, and you know the Bulls, Demar Derozan was going nuts. Really didn't see him really get on the guys. They would just call the timeout, walk away, talk to Pop, come back on the court. And yes, he was directing traffic, but he wasn't really trying to rally the troops. Um, but I've, those are the two areas that I like to see him improve as his career moves on. And Joe, what? Yeah, interesting that you say that, Jeff, about the the vocal uh, nature of DeJounte Murray. You know, I I remember him actually getting in LaMarcus Aldridge's ear and telling, you know, him to settle down and and do that. And I think I'm not sure that that DeJounte is that vocal uh, yell at guys kind of a rah-rah kind of a guy. You know, I'm just not sure that that's his style, but I think he does that behind the scenes. I really do, and I think he pulls guys aside, whether that's uh, you know in the locker room at halftime or after the game or at practice, whenever they get to do that. Um, I just don't see Dejounte as a guy that's going to get demonstrative, uh, demonstrative. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about on the floor, yeah, yeah. Um, and and really make a, a you know make a scene so much and and to get in guys' ears like that. I just don't think that's his style. Um, I, I think his leadership abilities have grown over this spurt and especially this year i think the best thing that happened to Dejounte murray was uh derozan leaving patty mills leaving and and there's nobody left and i think by design uh popovich did that and said hey this now is your team and Dejounte took that uh by the by the reins and, and has done a great job with it but i think he's more of a leader as keldon said by example I mean, what he does and how he's improved. And and I'm just not sure that he's ever going to be that vocal guy that's on the floor getting on guys to to get going and and, and that kind of thing. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe he'll prove me wrong as the years go by, but I'm just not sure that's his style. So I, I would just like to see him continue to do what he's doing. I mean, you know, these young guys watch, right? It's just like a kid watching their parents. They watch what they do and they learn from that. And I think with DeJounte, these guys are watching what he's doing. Not only are they watching what he's doing, they're seeing the results. And I think just by that alone, they're going to motivate them to get in the gym, to do what DeJounte does, and and to be more like him. So um, I just wanted to see him continue to do that, continue that work ethic. You know, a lot of times I've seen an example of guys that, you know, get to where they think is the top of the the ladder and just kind of coast. I don't think DeJounte is that kind of guy, and I think he'll continue to work and continue to get better because that's just the kind of guy he is. And so uh, by doing that, Guys are going to follow him and uh, and go to battle with him and 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 get better themselves. Yeah, he looks at um, Chris Paul as a um, as a as a guy he looks up to, and I love to I would love to see him add a little of that Chris Paul talkativeness, quote unquote, how he gets with his teammates on the court from CP3. I also like Joe. I like to sit and let him sit down with Mario Ellie, learn how to really get in yeah. the player's face to motivate them. I think that would really yeah. do well for him, but. Yeah. Outside of that, no, so, I mean, he looked at Chris um, Paul, you know, he mentioned like, oh, Chris Paul's going to get on me because I had a turnover. You know, I'd love to see him right. adopt a little bit more of that, 
that vocalness from uh, CP3. So something that Jakob Pertl mentioned when asked about DeJounte, you know, he said that, you know, he's a guy, he, he, like you said, Joe, he leads by example. And, but behind the scenes, if he, if you're doing something that he's not liking, he's going to let you know, you know? And, um, I think, I think part of him being the leader of this young Spurs team is like, we've talked about the development from playing in Austin to, you know, being on a short leash with pop, developing skills, earning trust, playing defense, getting into the rotation and getting through all of that to becoming an NBA all-star now. Um, you know, he is a guy who is, is showing these young Spurs the way and, you know, with the balance with Greg Popovich, right? Maybe you need that from your leader on the court to a little more laid back, be a little more, just be about it, not talk about it. Cause he is setting the example of letting coach pop coach him really hard. And all of those other guys are falling in line too. So I, I think it's really interesting to watch. Uh, you know, if he starts talking more on the court, I'd be all for it. Um, but there are more than one way to lead a basketball team. And I think that DeJounte Murray is leading this basketball team the way it needs to be led right now, which is, you know, really cool in a trend transitionary phase for, for the team. Um, we're going to go to, uh, some questions that I got in with DeJounte after he was named to the game. Um, I think one of the things that really struck me, uh, just really in hearing him talk about his life and about his journey, um, you know, this is a guy who, who grew up and didn't have much and, and overcame a lot as a kid. And so for him to be able to share this moment with his family, um, you know, now where he's at, where they're at, uh, where his hard work in this game has taken all of them, um, it's a really special thing. Uh, so here at the Big Fun Pod, we couldn't be happier for DeJounte Murray, San Antonio's deserving all-star. Um, and let's see what he said about what he can improve most. Hey, DeJounte, congratulations. Um, you've talked about that journey from being a kid to draft night to hear NBA All-Star. Um, you know, a lot of real life in there, a, a journey for you. How do you feel like that has molded you as a, a player, person, leader? And, um, you know, where, where do you feel like you're at right now outside of basketball? Uh, I mean, outside of basketball, uh, I feel like I came a long way. Just, just how I think as a person, uh, how I move as a person. You know, uh, I've always treated others like I would want to be treated. So I always was a respectful guy. Uh, that was number one. Uh, you know, so mainly that's that's really what what it is for me. Uh, is just growing, growing. Obviously, I'm a father now to a four year old little girl. So. I gotta, you know, continue to put that in, in in my days each and every day, you know, first before basketball or anything else, uh, which is, you know, finding ways where I could become a better father and just help her and connect with my daughter because she's getting older and not younger. So, you know, that's number one. And, uh, you know, mainly just as a person, uh, I'm gonna continue to grow because I'm always interested to, to meet good people. Uh, and I could see through people, I could read people. so. You know, it's rare that you'll see me around, you know, somebody who, who's not a good person. So that's a gift from God I feel like I have. And uh, on the basketball side, I got a long way to go. Just everything in one. Uh, that's my favorite thing. I'm going to continue to preach it. The the room to improve, no matter who you are uh, or how old you are, you can always improve. I mean, you can look at guys like LeBron. Uh, I know he's one of one, but at the same time, you know, you just look at the age and what he's – accomplished off the floor and on the floor, you know, and doing what he's doing, uh, not just on the floor, but off the floor as well uh, at his age. So, uh, you know, that type of stuff motivates me as well, uh, knowing that I live by, uh, there's always room to improve. I'm, I'm curious about when you look at your game 
especially considering how much it has grown every year. What are specific things that you think, you know, I could add this, I could be, you know, elevating my game in this specific area? Uh, I mean, that's a question that I'm always say the same thing to. That's everything because the difference between me, I feel like, and a lot of others, uh, I didn't have trainers or I didn't have uh, my mom or my dad taking me to the gyms or, you know, parks teaching me basketball or this or that. Uh, you know, everything was learned on the fly from just watching it or just out there playing it. And I didn't really connect with nobody until I got older, which was, you know, almost 16, 17 years old uh, when I started going to camps and stuff. So, I mean, I'm I'm going to be able to improve in everything, you know, because I was never taught nothing, and it's just like, you know, me playing catch-up now. Uh, dudes and guys who were taught things at an early age, and, you know, they just knew how to do this and knew how to do that, and they just got better at it. Uh, so I'm at the stage where I'm still learning everything, and uh, everything's new to me. So that's the most interesting thing for me, that I get to continue to improve in everything. Thanks. And then last one, you mentioned the kids. Are they old enough to, you know, understand how, how big this is? Or is it just that everybody's super emotional? I mean, uh, the little kids, you know, like my daughter, nieces and nephews and, you know, just little cousins in general, uh, they all really a young age, about five and under, all of them. So that's the good part. They all get to be connected. Like, you know, my generation was connected in our family. We were all close around the same age. So... Uh, they really don't understand. That's why my daughter was like, you guys are acting weird. And my nephew was just like, what's going on? Because uh, they don't understand it yet, uh, which they will one day. Uh, you know, but the important thing is I felt the love and they felt the love. And, you know, it was tears of joy because uh, my family know how hard I work. Uh, you know, they know that, you know, it's no smoking, no drinking, no partying for DeJounte. It's strictly basketball, basketball, and, and, you know, doing what I do outside of basketball, you know, because I know basketball ain't forever, so I'm committed to it 110%. Enjoy the All-Star game, DeJounte. Appreciate it. All right, so, yeah, from DeJounte, he wants to improve at everything. Well, if he does that, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I don't know about you guys, but that sounds good to me. Um, well, maybe, maybe he can tell New Balance to release some of those sneakers that all fans have been wanting. You know, yes. those PEs that he's been wearing. I want to I wanna see what he's now. wearing. I want to see what he's wearing in the All-Star game, and I want to see what he's doing because uh, when asked about, you know, his plans for the All-Star game, uh, he basically cut the reporter off and said, I'm from Seattle. Like, I'm from Seattle. Yeah. Uh, and if you know, you know. Uh, Seattle's built for that stuff. So it's going to be fun. Best of luck to DeJounte Murray. Can't wait to see him on the court in the All-Star Game Sunday uh, and moving forward for the rest of the season. Uh, some surprises at the trade deadline for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, let's start with the not surprise, which was Thad Young being traded. Uh, Spurs got back Goran Dragic's contract and a first-round pick. Uh, and bought out, you know, the contract. Um, basically, it seems like they're helping teams escape from luxury tax implications and, and cap problems uh, and acquiring first-round picks. To get Thad Young, uh, to get a first-round pick for Thad Young, um, and really they sent out Detroit's second-round pick, so they're moving up about 10, 15 places in the draft here. Uh, Jeff, I'll start with you. How do you grade that move? Oh, I mean, A plus, A plus plus star, everything. I mean, I mean, what better result, you know, back return you can get than a first round pick? I mean, that's awesome. Helps with the rebuild. Helps shorten the rebuild. You know, I, I don't think it'll be as prolonged as it is now. I think what Brian Wright did, the Spurs front office did, it just really, really shortened that that gap between when the Spurs will become that playoff perennial playoff team again, but that young Eubanks, you know, shipped out, you know, draft pick coming yep. back. And that's exactly what this team needs. They got to build through the draft. Uh, hopefully that money they have in their uh, pocket this off season will help uh, attract maybe an established NBA all-star. And I think it will, but all in all, I mean, my goodness, I mean, a plus, I, what more can you say about that? Move Brian Wright. Kudos. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people were worried about a buyout because the Spurs have bought out contracts yeah. in the recent past. Um, but the early indication that never really changed was that the Spurs were going to find a, some sort of deal at the deadline. Yeah. Joe, I know you were a big Eubanks guy. I think we all love Drew, Drew Eubanks here on the show. Um, you know, your your thoughts on the trade and your thoughts on uh, Drew Eubanks as, as he searches for a new team. Well, you know, I, I cried for a while, Tom. So, you know, I, I had to get over that and, uh, you know, get my thoughts together. But now, nah, you know, Drew Eubanks was one of those guys that um, he, he, he hung on here as long as he did because of his giant heart. Right. And he just he just did it on the floor and hustled. And I think Pop admired that a great deal. Uh, I hope he catches on with somebody. I'm not sure that, that he will. Perhaps he will. I, I don't know. I root for him to do that. But, uh, you know, I, I'm with Jeff on this thing. I mean, to, to, to be able to trade that young for a first round draft pick uh, is incredible. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, when most thought that he was just going to be a throwaway, basically, and get rid of him and give him a, a shot at somebody else uh, to get a first round pick is, is just man. I was I was blown away, so that's outstanding. And I tell you what, I and I know we're going to get into the to the other side of this with Derek White, but what what Brian Wright was able to do and the Spurs were able to do uh, before the trade deadline is just, I mean, it's phenomenal. Uh, and Spurs fans ought to be extremely excited with what they're going to be able to do with uh, with all the draft picks they got and with the flexibility they're going to have as we head into the off season. I mean, it, it is just outstanding what they were able to accomplish uh, before the all-star yeah. break options yeah. they got options now that's what's so awesome about this they have yeah. so many options so many paths to take to improve this team you want to flip some of these uh this this war chest of draft picks they got go for it you you want to move up the draft fine you know let's do it you got some money to spend what? yeah let's let's go for it i mean this is what i just love about this offseason is you you know the Spurs are really going to be able to fast forward this rebuild. I mean, pit it in hyper hyperdrive, you know, telling Chewbacca next to his Han Solo punch it, Chewy. I mean, that's how good this They've team gone is. Plaid. It, yeah. Uh, this is how yeah, good so, this, uh, this, uh, Brian Wright did in the, in the trade deadline. No so, doubt. Well, one thing I've got to say about the, the Thad Young trade is that, it made sense for the Spurs to hold on to him all the way until the deadline to see what the best deal was, right? And mm -hmm, sure. um, if all they were going to do was the Thad Young trade, then, you know, that would have been an, an A-plus move to me. The fact that they went and moved Derek White as well when they could have, you know, potentially packaged the two if you were going to move in that direction, um, you know, leaves the door open for, like, you know, maybe something else could have been. I don't know. I don't know if that if that brings John Collins to San Antonio. I don't know if if that's uh, you know what what know happens. But it's very clear that that's not what the Spurs had in mind for this year and the future. Um, they traded Derek White out. They got a fairly large return from the Boston yes, Celtics, who are going to love Derek White. By the way, already do because he is a hockey player in a point guard's body. And uh, just a complete culture fit, going to throw a million lobs to the Jays and Rob, and they're going to be great. Uh, so excited to see that. But also, coming back from Boston, you have Josh Richardson, a serviceable 3 and D veteran, having a career year whose contract will become expiring after this season. Uh, so an interesting trade chip potentially as well uh you have romeo langford a guy who was a lottery pick recently and has just kind of been snake bit with the celtics never gotten healthy you get boston's first round pick for 2022 unprotected basically so it's, it's a top four protection so there's no way it's gonna be protected by the celtics and it's it's gonna come to the spurs uh and a 2028 first round pick swap, which doesn't seem sexy or relevant, but I mean, by 2028, the Spurs are going to be two time defending NBA champions. So that pick swap's going to be real valuable <laughs> to them. Um, and I think they're going to use it to draft one of Ginobili's kids, who's like 12 now. 
but <laughs> that's a that is a lot for the Spurs to recoup for Derek White. Um, and before we talk about the balance sheet of it all, we've got to talk about Derek White, man. I mean, what what a wonderful player to have on the Spurs for such a long time and and to just appreciate what he gave to the game every night. Uh, Joe, do you have a, a Derek White memory that sticks out or something that's just going to every time you think about Derek White, you'll, you'll think about this? You know, Derek White, just just the guy that he was or is, I was the guy that he is. He just is a great guy, very intelligent <laughs> young man. No question. Right. A very intelligent young man. Loves the game of basketball, loves to get in there and, and uh, you know, stick his nose in, as Greg Popovich is famous for saying. And, uh, you know, Sometimes it's deep. yeah, right. Uh, you know, a, a memory of Derek White, I'm not sure. I just I remember him coming to the Spurs and just getting in the mix right away. I mean, he was one of those kids that wasn't afraid of of anything and he just got into the mix. And, you know, I, I think for, for Derek White, it just became a, a – really a, a numbers game. And I think Devin Vassell's play uh, really gave the Spurs the opportunity to uh, make this move. And I think it's going to be good for both sides. I mean, this is truly one of those trades, I think, that is good for everybody concerned. I think Derek White is going to be um, able to really show his talents um, in Boston in a way that he wasn't able to do here. Um, and, and he already has. I mean, he's already – uh, you know, I think has the Celtics fans in love with him. So um, I, I just think it was a great trade for everybody concerned. And, and that's what you want, right? When you when you make a trade, you want to uh, – everybody wants to get something out of it. And certainly in this case, they did. But I, everybody will miss Derek White. I think everybody was a little sad to see him go. But uh, when you see the haul that they got and, uh, and the potential now moving forward, uh, boy, I mean, how could you not make that deal? You had to. Yeah. We're, we know that DeJounte was a little surprised by it based on his reaction on Twitter. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I know it was tough for Derek White to hear in a hotel room in Atlanta, you know, we're trading you, but he heard it from Greg Popovich, which meant a lot to him. Um, Jeff, what's, what are yes. you going to remember about Derek White here? Dunk against Denver in the playoffs. I mean, that was that got me off my seat and cheering, and my mouth just dropped. I and mean, it was just awesome to see. And uh, uh, you know, all in all, just a really solid player. But like Joe said, you know, it was just a numbers game. They were just clogged at that position, and you know, perhaps better lineups going to be out there. Less Derek White. You know, as of right now, uh, he's playing great in Boston, coming off the bench. Who knows if that may change. But that was perhaps yeah. his best role in San Antonio, and it just never got there. Uh, I'm going to miss his uh, defense, his those charges. I'm going to miss seeing teeth fly out of his mouth and at the AT&T Center when he picks up charges. <laughs> um, but all in all, you know, yeah, it, it had to be done. I think it really had to be done because now you've seen uh, Vassell take those minutes. You're seeing Josh Primo wearing a San Antonio jersey more off now than, a, than an Austin jersey. Um Lonnie seems to be a little uh, refreshed, you know, playing more downhill. Derek White liked to play a little bit more half-courtish at times. I think that suited him. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, tough to see him go. It reminded me of other fan favorites that have gone. George Hill got traded. Yeah. That turned yeah. into Kawhi Leonard in a title. Reminded me of when Sean Elliott got traded. You know, um, just, you know, things have to be made. Uh, these deals have to be done. Sometimes you got to you know, trade a fan favorite to get better. And I think it's just going to help everybody around. You put them out there with Ime Udoka, Will Harding. There's familiarity there out in Boston. Um, yeah. He can, you know, oh, he's, it's he's a great the situation for Derek. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's it's a missing piece yeah. that Boston needed a four general. You don't have to have Tatum running it. You don't have to have Jalen Brown running that that point. Uh, Derek can handle that now. He and Mark Stagger him with Smart, uh, too. too. Yeah. You got yeah, he and Marcus you got Smart him and Marcus Smart guarding the primary guards on the other team for forty eight yeah. minutes. That's pretty solid. Yeah. I'm always going to remember. Return, you, yeah, I'm, I'm return, always going to remember Josh the Richardson. five charges. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, but I'm no, I'm no, going to no, go. Okay. I'm, gonna go. Uh, <laughs> I'm always going to remember the five charges against the Kings. The fifth one, getting kicked in the crotch 
and elbowed in the face by Rashawn Holmes, busting his teeth in a game that the Spurs absolutely needed to have in the bubble. Uh, and it was just a guy who was willing to put his body on the line. Uh, he he knows the right play to make at all times, and he did that. Um, mm-hmm. But But the willingness to sacrifice was, I think, what really endeared him to Spurs fans and will endear him to Celtics mm-hmm. fans. Um, and, you know, served as a great example for these young Spurs. Uh, let's, let's talk now. You guys kind of mentioned why the Spurs were comfortable making this move. I think it was surprising because Derek White has been one of the Spurs, like, three most productive players this year. But if you look at the other two, a trade of DeJounte Murray or Jakob Pertl at this point in the season basically would have been white flag tanking time, which is not what the Spurs want to do. Derek White, as good as he is, his skills were the most redundant. His contract was the biggest, uh, you know, for for the players with that redundant skill set. Um, and like you said, it became a numbers game where the Spurs can move on from this guy who they love, but put him in a great position, get a ton of good assets back, and, you know, allow prom- internal promotion to, you know, win the day. So it's a bet on Devin Vassell's ability to step up, and he's been on a tear. Uh, it's a bet, I think, a little bit on Lonnie Walker's ability because, you know, the non-DeJounte minutes now get a little dicey, and Lonnie needs to be that guy. Um, but but let's, let's talk about, since the DeMar DeRozan sign-in trade, what the Spurs have had, like, in and out, basically. What, what's the net? They turned a player who was walking away for nothing, who, by the way, DeMar DeRozan, can we just, for one second, I mean, my God, that guy. MVP, uh, baby, MVP, MVP. If you, yeah. if you break awesome. a record that Wilt Chamberlain held in that National Basketball Association, that is the basketball equivalent of going to Mars. Like... DeMar DeRozan <laughs> yes. going nuts. Uh, I think he has yeah, seven straight games. showing no signs of stopping either. I, I'm sorry oh. to see the All-Star yeah. break come. I mean, maybe that guy yeah. gets to 10 or 12. Who knows? Can you imagine him putting up jumpers with nobody guarding him? I mean, we saw against the Spurs, draped all over him, like, you know, and he's just getting to his spots and drilling stuff. He's great. But he was probably going to walk away, uh, you know, anyway. The Spurs managed to turn that sign and trade. Derek White, Bryn Forbes, who came in on a one-year deal, uh, Drew Eubanks, and Detroit's 2022 second-round pick, which they got for free, essentially, uh, by helping facilitate the five-team Russell Westbrook trade. They turned those five assets into Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, Thomas Sadoransky, Toronto's 2022 first round pick, Boston's 2022 first round pick, Chicago's 2025 per first round pick, Boston 2028 pick swap, 2022 Lakers second round pick, 2027 Utah second round pick, 2028 Nuggets second round pick. So the Spurs are going to have their own draft pick in the upcoming 2022 class. They're going to have Toronto's and Boston's most likely. So given all of that uh, and the fact that the Spurs 3-1 since the trade deadline, uh, the the new starting lineup with Devin Vassell in there, they have an offensive rating of 130 points per 100 possessions. League's best offense is the Jazz and they're around 116. So that's like astronomically better than the league's best offense. Uh, and the defense has been giving up 103 points per 100 possessions. Uh, and the league's best defense is the Warriors, who are giving up like 104 and a half-ish. Uh, so miles better than the league's best offense, better than the league's best defense. The problem has really been the bench. But if the Spurs can sort that part out as they continue to move forward with these assets, like... Like you guys said, flexibility. What do you, Jeff, what do you hope the Spurs do with all of these assets moving forward? 
Oh, I, I think I made it very clear. Shorten this rebuild. Just shorten it. Don't prolong it. Now you can really fast forward this uh, baby and really get things going in the right direction, putting the Spurs back uh, where they belong in the upper crust of the Western Conference, let alone the NBA. That's what I like to see them do and really get aggressive this offseason. Really get aggressive. If if they make the postseason and they pushes them out of that top 10 pick, that top, top 10 slots, hey, they did it once before moving up in the draft. You know, they could do it again. And I say flip yeah. some of these, uh, this war chest of draft picks, this money they have, move up that draft. Um, you know, I, I really want them to see them do just get going. Let's, let's get this going. You have great players. You have really good players. They're just missing one piece. That's that's in my opinion, that's a, that's an all-star forward that can stretch the floor. A big they can pair with Yaka Pirtle. I think that's what they got to target. And I, I really think they can do it this offseason. I mean, this draft is they they got yeah. a couple of those guys. You know, if if yeah, there's a there. draft to get you're three there. first round picks yeah. and and try to move up, this is the mm -hmm. one to do it. Joe, uh, you know, not just the picks, but uh, you know, some trade assets still and cap flexibility for for the spurs um yeah you know while the sky's the limit well the yeah. and, and they've made good relationships around the league right you know because a lot mm -hmm. of these moves they're doing they're they're helping they're doing another team a favor and you know Absolutely. take taking a pick for their trouble and and a pick here and a pick here and it's it's just very interesting like asset building without doing the oklahoma city method of just sending away every good player and losing as much as possible uh so so yeah what are you what are you hoping to see in the offseason joe well obviously the spurs aren't going to draft three first round guys uh, it's not going to happen i mean they just can't do that all right money wise it just is not going to happen so there's going to be some wheeling and dealing there for sure whether as jeff mentioned to move up in the draft i think that's a a distinct possibility for sure um and maybe go all in on trying to get in there and get the guy that Jeff's talking about. And I think he hit the nail on the head with the with a big that can shoot, that can stretch the floor, uh, that can play some defense. So, and there it, it is a great draft for that. So, and and I really think they're going to get aggressive and go after some players this offseason. I don't have the list of free agents in front of me, but I know there's some good ones out there. And the Spurs have some money to play with. They've got some money, and you've got some guys that are going to uh, be available to oh, yeah. use as uh, as bargaining chips as well. So I just think the sky's the limit, and I, and I agree. I think this team, if it's played right, which judging by what happened before the trade deadline, the offseason's yeah. played right. I, the Spurs are players next season. I mean, I don't think you talk yeah. about a rebuild that's going to be quick. I, they're players next season, and uh, I think we can all look forward to a nice playoff run, uh, if not more, for sure. Jeff had to leave. That's at Jeff G Spurs Zone on Twitter. He works super duper hard to keep all angles covered for us on <laughs> Kent's5.com. So uh, all over the place. I love that guy. But Joe, let's yep. let's keep talking about. I mean, like you said, it's, it's a good it's a good draft for those big guys. Uh, anytime the Spurs lose, I feel sad. You know, I, I can admit that. But so what I do is if they do that. I go and watch videos of Chet Holmgren and Paolo Banchero on on YouTube. Um, <laughs> Chet, I like. I know I sent you that video, of Chet Joe. This yeah. guy, I mean, he's shooting ninety percent at the rim, basically with either hand. He's seven foot one. He's shooting like forty seven percent from three. He's pulling up in transition and like dribbling with the ball, and like like five block games and stuff. He's a beanpole. He's a, he's a, he's a skinny, skinny man. Um, but like, Lord, he's talented. And, and Boncaro <laughs> at the four too. like, yeah, these, the top three in this draft, really, uh, if the Spurs can, can somehow get one of those picks, my question is who in their right mind would trade out of the top three in this draft. Um, so, I don't know if the Spurs are going to be able to get all the way up there, but hey, you know, maybe they turn some of these seconds into a first, and then maybe they turn that first and another first into a higher first, and then that one and the other ones they have. Uh, really, though, like the wheeling and dealing that Brian Wright has done, um, 
even even with Bryn Forbes turning Bryn Forbes into Sadoransky in two seconds, um, you know that that was a an interesting flip um, and and a productive one for the Spurs. So uh, this is crazy. Uh, Spurs hadn't made two in season trades since 1989, Joe. Uh, and they made two before the trade deadline and then two on deadline day. So, uh, like, I don't know if there's ever been a Spurs team that did four trades midseason, but clearly they're not averse to shaking things up. So, and, and they also clearly don't want to lose, right? You know, Pop, DeJounte, anybody you'll ask on this team, they don't want to hear about tanking, you know? And Pop basically explained it. And he said, I understand why fans think that way. I understand, you know, it's rational. But I can't go into the locker room with guys that competitive and say, we're going to lose tonight. You know, and if we yeah. lose and get a great draft pick, sure, we'll take it. But, yeah. you know, it can't be because I didn't demand, you know, competitiveness from them. Well, and, you know, Don, and I that's, think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been I've been talking about this the whole time. That when that tank word comes up, it's just these guys are are competitors, man. I mean, I don't care what team you play for, I don't care, you know, what your background is. If you're playing in the NBA and you're that kind of a quality NBA talented player, tanking is not in your mind. It's just not. You get out on the floor, you forget about everything. All that white noise goes away. You're on a basketball floor. There's, you know, nine other guys out there. You're playing basketball and you're playing to win. These guys have been doing that since they were old enough to walk. So, you know, the, the idea of tanking has just always been kind of foreign to me. And I, I just I don't get it when people bring that up. So I'm glad Pop addressed that. I really am. And and I'm glad to hear him address that because, you know, 10 years ago, he would just said, next question. That's ridiculous. So I, w- I was happy to hear him kind of explain that to everybody. But the Spurs... I think they're playing too well. I think they're talented. They're going to make the play in tournament. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, I believe they're going to do that. It would not surprise me if they move their way into the playoffs after that. I just think that the the way that this team is starting to come together with the pieces that they have, with Josh Richardson now, a piece of the puzzle, once he gets a little more comfortable. I'm not sure about Lankford. You know, you, you mentioned it earlier in the show that it's, uh, it, you know, he's just kind of been snake bit. I hope he gets, you know, that could be one of those pieces of that, that you maybe not expecting much coming in, but it turns out to be a diamond in the rough. Who knows? We'll wait and see. But yeah, right. Exactly. So um, I just think this team, the the best basketball is yet to come this year. I really believe that. And I yeah. think we're going to see these guys really go on a run and uh, and make some noise. And uh, nobody's going to want to play them in that play in tournament. I promise you, nobody's going to want to face them. And it's something that we've talked about a lot throughout the year is that, you know, when we looked at the schedule, when we looked at the context of this team and, you know, everybody figuring out their new roles and the responsibilities, um, you know, we, we said this is a team that would come together later in the season. Uh, and I think we're really starting to see that. And, and a co- coalescing around, you know, the same pieces just organized a little differently now that Derek White's gone. And you've got the promotion of Devin Vassell, who has been a great fit in the starting lineup, uh, contributing to outlier good shooting for that unit, uh, and a lot of other things. Defense has been great. Um, But really what you've done by doing that, in addition to putting more faith in Devin Vassell and and Lonnie Walker to a degree, Trey Jones, um, you're also putting a little bit more responsibility you're on on DeJounte Murray because you can concentrate the playmaking around him a little bit more than when you have Derek White on on the floor. Um so yeah, I, I think it's we're like you said, we're gonna see some really good basketball down the stretch of this season. Um Joe, that'll about wrap it up for today. Uh before we go, uh you're retiring from from Pence Five. <laughs> I am, yes. Uh, and I am. It's it's gonna... uh, bittersweet, Tom. Bittersweet. Yeah. Uh, so, just uh, your your thoughts on 
I guess two decades now covering this team for this station and uh and what's coming next for you how are you going to enjoy your, your retirement from tv wow you know it's uh it's uh it was a long drawn out process for sure uh to come to this decision so it you know wasn't something that i just woke up one day and decided to do but um you know i will always thank the spurs because i was able to ride their coattails for 20 years uh five championships one championship series that didn't turn out right uh i was there for all of them and uh you know seeing the growth of uh tim duncan tony parker monte ginobili uh was just phenomenal um I like to say I outlasted Tim Duncan because I started the same year he was drafted by the Spurs. So I played longer than Timmy. So I, I've got, I've always have I'll have that on my resume, Tom. So um, that's but it, it's just I mean, been a great man. <laughs> it's been a great ride, man. It really has. It's bittersweet, but uh, you know I'm gonna move on, do a little radio, and uh, and keep my nose and my toes in the in the sports world, and hopefully talk to you from time to time. Oh. Joe, you're always welcome on the show, and uh, we're going to miss you dearly here. Uh, you've been such a, not not just a resource, but, uh, you know, colleague and friend, so it's uh, going to be a bummer to not have you in the newsroom. Uh, you're truly a legend of the game, uh, and it's been an honor uh, having these talks with you. Um, but, yeah. Uh, not not sure if we'll get another one in before your your last day. So I just I just wanted to give you a, a moment in the sun because I mean, man, like you know, uh, the what what you've done and and uh, and worked on throughout your career has been, I mean, for for longer than Timmy, man. That's crazy. It's crazy <laughs> to think about. It's aspirational. Uh, it's uh inspirational and i'm proud of you man um it's it's been an honor and a pleasure so uh tom i appreciate those uh, kind words man it means a lot to me and uh it's been an honor and a, and a pleasure uh getting to work with you my friend it really is well thank you joe and uh why why don't you you uh toss us off for this one close us out on this episode of the big all right I'll do it. Hey, the big fun pod. It is the uh, it's with Ken Spive and 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 you may got to help me here, Tom. The official TV station the official of San Antonio TV Spurs. San Antonio Spurs, man. There you go, yeah. baby. It's great Thank fun. You, Thanks, Joe. Tom. Thank you very much. Have a good one, guys.